Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord today. I uh, just wanna say on behalf of our pastors how, how honored we are. Anytime we have an opportunity to preach on this stage, you know, it's always important to understand that when you go to a platform like this that you are not the one who built that platform. And I'm thankful for people who steward this platform well, and Pastor Ethan is one of those people. Does such a great job, yeah. So thankful for Pastor Ethan. And this is October, which October, if you didn't know, is Pastor Appreciation Month, and Pastor Ethan didn't know I was going to do this, but I wanna honor them for Pastor Appreciation, because here's the thing. We have some of the best pastors. I've been in a lot of ministry. We have some of the best pastors in the nation. Uh, we have some of the best, I mean, it, they are unbelievable, and what God is gracing them to do here at Vibrant Church to move this church forward and they lead with such grace and humility and honor and wisdom and we're just thankful to be a part, thankful to be a part. So we honor them today and if you get a chance, just let, you know, sometimes we think that pastors know when they're doing well, just let Pastor Ethan know, say, hey, I'm praying for you, <laughs> I'm covering you. Sometimes a little bit of encouragement goes a long way because they're pouring out, and I believe Pastor Ethan, I, I've seen him, he pours out day in and day out, and we love him and Miss Lena and their family very, very much. So, uh, Pastor Ethan talked about, we're gonna be going through this scripture in Numbers chapter 13, and I'm gonna be talking about what we see. Somebody say what we see. What we see, and we're gonna catch up here in verse 25 of Numbers chapter 13, and it says, at the end of 40 days, they return from spying out the land. Now, now just keep in context here, this is a 300 mile round trip of land. So they've been spying out the land for quite some time. They're not riding around in Humvees, they are walking, okay? So at the end of 40 days, they return from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, and they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Somebody say the land. And they told him, we came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. So they have a great report, right? They have a great moment. They say, hey, everything God promised us, we are seeing it with our very eyes. We're giving you a report, this fruit, everything that was promised. But if you read this one verse later, there's a very key word. And that word is however. However. This is a key word for all of us because there are times in life where you can see the purpose of God and yet, however. There are moments where you can see where your family can be later on, but however. In this moment we see, they say, however, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large, and besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. In other words, there's giants in the land. I wanna just encourage us before we even move forward into anything else, here's my encouragement to you today. God does not desire to tease you and I with things he allows us to see with our eyes are possible. It's not his desire that when he gives you a promise 
that you wouldn't be able to walk in it. They saw that God's promises were true, but yet they saw obstacles. You know, and here's what I thought. Seeing obstacles doesn't mean God has broken his promise. Just because you see an obstacle in the way, how many of you know sometimes you have to fight that much more for the promise? There are obstacles in life that try to keep you back from the promise. And I wanna encourage you this morning. If God gives you a vision and a promise, he will give you exactly what you need to walk in it. You don't need to worry about all the ins and outs. He will give you what you need. But it is important to realize God's promises always come with a however. There's always an option. How will you react when opposition comes your way? I see the promises of God, however. So let me just bring it down to our level. We see our financial situation changing. However, we are not willing to make a budget. We can see the healing of a relationship. However, we are unwilling to forgive and move forward. We can see ourselves getting involved in church. Can I, can I speak freely today? However, we are the first ones to head out on a Sunday morning. We can see our marriage thrive and deepen. However, we are not willing to get counseling and spiritual advice. Pastor Josiah, we can see a prosperous, prosperous and healthy future. However, we are stuck in things of the past. We can see our family growing and flourishing spiritually. However, we make church optional and we allow our kids to make the decision for us. We can see ourselves operating the giftings that God has for us, however we choose to look at the giftings he's given others and envy them. We can see ourselves growing in our faith and in our leadership, however we have never been able to submit to healthy leadership in our lives. However, this big word, but I wanna, maybe give you a paradigm or the flip side of this coin, this however can go two ways. It can be a however that leans into what you see that discourages you, or it can be a however that leans into faith. And I would ask the question today, what is your however? What is your however? Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. But if we're honest with ourselves, many of us get to a place where we walk by sight and not by faith. Where we walk by what we see, what we perceive, what we believe, and we don't walk by faith. Bible talks about that faith is seeing, it, no, no, faith is actually, sorry, it's believing without seeing. Hebrews talks about this, that I can walk by what I see, or I can choose to walk by faith. And I thought about this this morning, that there's probably many people in this room that at one side you were on the negative part of however. Where once you believed it wasn't possible, I see the promises of God, but then God started to change you and started to well up faith on the inside of you and your however changed. And let me give you some scripture here. Whereas once you said, I wonder if there's some I wonder if I, you know, I see major opposition from the enemy. I wonder if I can get through this. However, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 
At one point you could say, I, like, I saw death and destruction from the enemy. However, I remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. At one point you could say, I see struggle in my life and I see weariness, but then we go back to scripture and, and we say this. However, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So my question to you today would be, what is your however, but are you leaning into faith or are you leaning into sight? Because there's an option here, and let me just say this finally. Let God be the final say on your however. Don't let the circumstances of this world, the things you see, the things you perceive, the news articles, come on somebody, the Facebook scroll, what you see, it's, it's never gonna get better. Let your however not be dictated by the world, but be dictated by the principles of God. Come on, somebody. So as I get ready to close and Pastor Aaron's going to come up, I would challenge you today to flip the paradigm of your however. Allow God to move in your however and see what he can do when you activate faith. Thank you. Praise God, somebody. Feels good waking up in the morning and knowing that you live in proximity to the greatest church on the planet Earth. Amen. And we even let you guys sleep in. So there you go. We honor Pastor Ethan, Lena, thankful for their vision, and we gladly run with it. Pastor Josiah spoke on what we see. I'm speaking on what we feel. Somebody say feelings. Can I talk about this this morning? Verse 33 says, when we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, next, next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Let's start here. Are feelings in and of themselves bad or wrong? Absolutely not. Humans, we are emotional beings. We are emotional creatures. We feel happy. We feel sad. We feel up. We feel down. We feel Frustrated, we feel lonely, we feel anger. We have many feelings. Oswald Chambers, the famous author, he said this. He said, if human beings were not capable of depression, we would have no capacity for happiness and exaltation. We know Jesus experienced emotion, love, anger, sadness, compassion, joy, just to name a few. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Feelings are indicators and not dictators. So feelings let us know what we perceive, what's going on, the energy in the room. We can feel certain things, right? Feelings are merely indicators, though, and not dictators. How many know if you drive a vehicle, you have indicators on your vehicle? It should let you know when you're running low on fuel. You know, for me, I don't like to get under a quarter of a tank before... I stop at the gas station and get refill up. You know, my wife, on the other hand, she's like, is this zero miles to empty really accurate? <laughs> you know, I wanna test that. And some of you are probably like, I don't even know how I made it in the parking lot this morning. Like, anybody got a gas can to get to, to the store down the street? We have low pressure tire indicators. We have 
check engine lights. You know, some are more serious than others, but we have indicators. When my change oil light comes on, you know, I know I probably have 500 to 1,000 miles to get my oil changed. But I do not immediately pull off to the side of the road and call a tow truck. Emergency, take my car to the body shop because my oil change indicator came on, right? But some of us, that's how we live our life. We have very small indicators that trigger the things that we dictate and the direction that we dictate our life on. So the 12 spies, they go to the land, they hear the same sounds, they see the same sights, they feel the same things, they smell the same fragrances in the air. And 10 of them were controlled by fear and how they felt and two guys were led by their faith. If we go back to that verse, verse 33, it says this phrase, it says, next to them, we felt. Next to them, in comparison to them, in comparison to our, to our guys, we're okay, but next to them, this is how we felt. And I want you to write this down. Comparison will either make you feel superior or inferior. Neither honors God. And I know we all struggle with this. It's 2023, we, we all struggle. Next to them, I feel like my kids are lost. <laughs> Look, like my kids are heathens next to those kids. Next to them, I feel poor. Next to them, I feel rich. Next to them, you fill in the blank. Did you see they got a brand new 2024 vehicle? Our vehicle is only a 22. Next to them, I feel inferior. My next to them moment happened in Hawaii, and I've had a lot of them in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Uh, when I graduated high school, I had an opportunity to live on the North Shore of Oahu in Hawaii, and my second day there, I was standing, taking in the sights, and a truck full of guys came, and they said, hey, uh, you're tall, you play basketball, and I said, absolutely. They said, we'll pick you up tonight, so that night they came, and there was probably 15 in the back of the truck, and I hopped in, and we played on an outdoor court right on the Pacific Ocean. It was amazing, and I was living with a guy who was starting a church, and he said, as I began to play basketball with these guys and develop friendships, he says, do these guys know the Lord? I said, no, they don't. He said, what are you gonna do about it? And I'm like, well, I don't feel like doing anything. <laughs> you know? I said, uh, we'll think of a plan. I said, so let's, let's, uh, let's pray about it. And, and I said, maybe at the end of our, one of our hoop sessions, I said, we'll bring everybody to the middle and I'll just ask anybody if they need prayer for anything and we'll, we'll get the ball rolling. He's like, yeah, that's a great idea. So I went that night, and uh, next to those guys, I felt like a grasshopper. I'm a foreigner. This is a strange place. They're really cool. They're Hawaiians, you know, Filipinos. They're, they're amazing guys. And they were also my ride, so if they didn't like what I said, they'd just leave me there. And uh, so I went that night, and we finished and I felt like a grasshopper. And I went home and uh, they were on the edge of their seat, you know, the, the people I live with, and they're like, so how'd it go? Tell me about it. And I was like, did not do it. <laughs> and uh, because I let the feelings, the indicators dictate. Yeah, I was nervous, yeah, I had fear. But like you do it anyway, right? I like this quote, uh, Jim Elliott said this, it may be too long to write down, so if you wanna take a photo of it. 
He said, I may no longer depend on pleasant impulses to bring me before the Lord. I must respond to the principles I know to be right, whether I feel them to be enjoyable or not. And I'm, I'm in my own life, uh, past few days, having a kind of a personal crisis uh, situation, and I can easily get into my feelings. And even my family, even my kids, you know, my kids experienced some fear over the last several days. And the one thing I did, I was talking to my son and I was talking to my other kids, my wife, I said, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and we're gonna open his word and we're gonna see how he guides us in this moment. Because I cannot let my feelings dictate the direction that I'm headed in right now. I, I experienced some anger, some frustration, some sadness, some, the whole gamut. But I said, we're going to the word of God where we are going to base our lives. Where we are, we are always going to go back to the word of God. We are gonna live there. And I wanna encourage you with a few verses. Isaiah 26, three. It says this, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Jeremiah 17, seven says this, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought because it's gonna come to all of us. For it does not cease to bear fruit. And the last one, Psalm 56, three and four. But when I am afraid, I will, I will, no matter how I feel, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? As Pastor Tyson comes after me, remember, don't let what you feel dictate your story. Thank you. Good morning, church family. Listen, um, I can't say enough, we all can't say enough how much of an honor and a privilege it is to grace this platform, to have the opportunity to share. Pastor Ethan giving us this, this opportunity to share with you all is, is, is special. If we don't take it lightly, we don't take it for granted, so we just honor Pastor Ethan and Miss Lena and for their leadership. And so you've already heard, Pastor Josiah, he talked about what we see. Pastor Aaron talked about what we feel. I have the opportunity to talk about what we say. If there are any talkers in the room, this portion of the message is for you. I'm just, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. All right, so somebody say what we say. Going back to the passage in Numbers chapter 13, verses 31 and 32, this is what it says. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. If you're taking notes, the first thing I want us to like be aware of right from the onset of this passage, that it says, when fear is evident, we can easily adopt a we can't speech impediment. So as the spies went out to survey the land, they came back to, with the report, and what they said 
was dictated by the fear that they were experiencing. And it was a weak camp speech impediment. Now, I think it's interesting that their fearless leader, Moses, if we remember, he too had a speech impediment at the burning bush. So God came to him and, and gave him a promise and gave him a direction, but Moses' initial response was, look, I cannot do this. We also know that Moses, he also had a real stuttering problem. Like, so he had a, a, an official speech impediment too. But it's amazing that as he was leading the children of Israel, out of Egypt, God used him in supernatural ways, even though he initially started with his own speech impediment. And so in this moment, 10 of the spies said we can't. And even though the promise was already given, all they could seem to focus on in the moment was their apparent inadequacies. And so I believe we too can adopt that same type of speech when we allow fear to creep in, when we start gazing at the scope of our lives and what's, up, what's up before us. We can say things like, I just don't think we can overcome divorce. Let's be real. When we look at the scape of divorce rates, like, I don't know if we're going to make it because divorce rates are just stronger in our culture today. We can, say, we can start saying things like, I don't know, I, I don't believe we can go up against the trend and, and the things that are being pushed, the agenda towards our youth because culture is just stronger. We can say things like, I don't know if my business can overcome this certain threshold because when I look out, all I see is these big corporations, like they're just stronger. We can say things like, I, you know, I hear what you're saying, Pastor Tyson, but I can't overcome these temptations because the pressure of temptations is just stronger. When we allow fear in our lives to creep in, we can adopt this we can't, I can't mentality because of it is stronger. Just like they said in the passage in 31, we are not able to because they are stronger. And I think it's interesting that when we speak from a posture of fear, we limit ourselves of experiencing the fullness of what God has for us. I believe that this morning, and, and when I look at how the 10 spies operated and what they said, they didn't just stop with acknowledging their own fears and what they saw. They didn't just stop with saying, like, y'all, we can't do this. They took the next step and tried to invite everybody else to join in with their fears as well. We can look at it in verse 32. New Living's translation says it this way. So they spread this bad report. You're talking about somebody talking. Like, they was like, look, if I'm going to be afraid, then you need to be afraid too. It's like, they were like, look, when fear is evident, we can easily, easily project our lack of faith Onto others. When we allow fear to creep in our heart, it's not enough for us to be afraid. We want some other people to be afraid with us. We can say things like, look, if I am scared to get out of this boat, then you need to be scared with me. <laughs> if I'm scared to start this business because I don't know how it's going to pan out, then you might need to be scared to start a business too. If I'm scared to get married because I just don't know if, like, if marriages really, really last today like they did in the past, then you should be a little scared to get married too. If I'm scared of future and, and unknowns and everything, like, you need to be scared too. Because we know the saying that it says, misery loves company. Like, I'm not going to be scared by myself. If I'm going to be scared that I'm going to project my lack of faith on everybody else that's around. And that's exactly what the 10 spies did in this passage when they started spreading the bad report 
of what they saw and what they were saying. So we can ask the question, well, what's the big deal? Like, what's, I mean, what's really the big deal? Like, we're just talking. We're just venting our concerns. Like, we're just, we're just talking, just sharing my perspective. But there is a biblical, a biblical principle that we can adhere to in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. This is what it says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it, if you like to talk, <laughs> you're going to eat his fruit. So we will eat what we speak. So we have to be careful what we allow to come out of our mouths because that's what's going to show up in our lives. If we constantly speak fearfully, then fear will continue to grip us. But if we choose to speak faithfully, then faith will continue to stir us. So just take a minute. Just look at somebody and say, hey, neighbor, watch your mouth. Oh, they didn't believe you. They didn't believe you. They didn't believe you. Turn to somebody and say, neighbor, watch your mouth. Here's why. Because what we say matters, church. Listen, what we say over our children, it matters. What we speak over our families, it matters. What we say over our marriages, it matters. What we speak over our church, it matters. Come on, what we speak over our community, it matters. What we say over our future, it really matters. So we have to be careful that we don't allow fear to cause us to speak a certain way because those things can easily show up in our life. And so I hope that we would take the posture as Pastor Tommy is getting ready to come, that we would choose to speak faith over fear because there's power in what we say. What we say matters. Amen? Amen. Amen. Very grateful uh, to have this opportunity today. Thankful for these guys. Thankful that I get the opportunity to serve with them. Don't you love these guys, man? These Very grateful uh, for them. So you've heard this today. So everyone has kind of had this point or this theme to, to talk through. It was what we see, what we feel, what we say. And for the next few minutes, we're going to finish with the thought of what we believe. How many of you know it's important that we still believe? That we still have faith, that we still project that in our lives. So let's start with the word believe. What does that mean? The word believe means to accept something as true or to feel sure of the truth of. So it is to accept it as true or to feel sure of the truth of. In this passage of scripture that we have been going through that Pastor Ethan started with, there are a lot of things that are happening. There are a lot of different concerns and observations, all of these conversations that are happening. And then in verse 30, right in the middle of all of this almost chaos, we hear that Caleb, it says, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it for we are well able to overcome it. Now let's go back. In the scripture that Pastor Ethan opened with, uh, just a few minutes ago, he referenced Numbers 13 and verse 1, where it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. 
This was something that was already given. This was something that they had already been told that they could have, and yet there was still a large majority who did not believe it. It's something how the lack of faith and the lack of belief creates an opportunity for everything else to be so great. When we don't believe, we can't see. These men went in there, they saw the land, and they could not believe that they could take it. But yet you have Caleb here who would say, God's already given it to us, let's just go and get it. When you look at the situation, it's easy, though, to see their dilemma. As a group of people, when the, when the report comes back, you find out that 12 of them returned with two different reports. Isn't that just like people? I remember when I was a kid uh, in school, there was this game we would play where you would line up a lot of people, and you would tell one person a story. And by the time it got to the end of the line, you heard a completely different story. Isn't it something how it can change just like that? Well, that's what fear does to our life. Fear changes us from a place of faith to a place of disbelief where we cannot believe. In the 12 people, two, uh, 10 of them said no, and two of them said to go. So there's a large majority that's saying we can't do this, and there's a couple that's saying we can. And I find it so interesting that all of the spies knew that God had already given them the land. But yet they still chose not to believe. The difference between the two groups was that one report was driven by fear and the other by belief. In verse 30, Caleb wasn't being dismissive of the present fear that was in front of them. He was simply stating his belief in God's word and their ability to carry out their assignment. We find just a few scriptures down that it was actually Joshua and Caleb that would stand together and say, no, we can take the land. It can be very easy to look at certain situations that may be in front of us and turn from a strong belief to a strong fear. I shared this uh, sometime back before I was on staff here. I shared this story, but I want to share a different perspective of that story today. So when Ansley, our little girl, was uh, about 10 months old, we had a scare at our house. She stopped breathing. We had to do CPR. We were fortunate enough to get her back, and we just thought it was a freak accident. Some months pass, and we all get COVID. And we all get better, but Ansley progressively gets worse. And we don't understand why, and after a while, we decide that we are going to take her to the emergency room. And so whenever we get there and we are waiting to go back and see the doctors, they say, we're going to take her back for an x-ray. And once we get the x-ray, we'll start a round of tests from there. Whenever the x-ray came back, this is an actual shot of her x-ray. In her airway, there is an obstruction. It, was, it looks huge on there, but in a little bitty framed little girl, that's only a penny. It 
had blocked her airway and it was turned in a way where she could breathe, but not enough to get well. And so they say, we're going to have to send you to Laboner. They'll take that out and you'll be good to go. So we go to Laboner, they take it out. And as you would, couldn't imagine, it got worse whenever they removed the coin. And you know, she, they told us after they had taken it out and kind of looked in, in her throat that this had been there for approximately a week. And we had no idea. And that night for dinner, before we went to the hospital, she ate a hamburger. That's a tough little girl. I said last service, that's Mississippi tough. And so we get, she gets worse. They take it out. She gets worse. She turns blue. We're not sure what's going on. They say, we're just going to observe her. We'll let you go home by uh, this afternoon. Well, they keep us the next day. They say, we're going to run some tests. We think we may have seen something. We'll let you know. You'll be out of here by 11. 11 o'clock, nothing. 12 o'clock, nothing. One, two, three. A little after 4 o'clock, a heart surgeon walks in our room. And he says, after looking at everything that's going on with your daughter, we have found that she has a birth defect with her aorta. Now, we would have never known this if it wasn't for the coin. But fear gripped me in the moment that this happened. It terrified me because I didn't want to think the worst. It was a true shock moment where now all of the peace that I had and all of the belief that I had, Haley and I both, completely turned to fear. They would go on, explain the surgery. They would do the surgery, and she would recover. And I always thought this was interesting. I didn't say this last service. But isn't it something that long before we even knew to be afraid, God already saw the fix. Isn't it something that before I even knew that I needed to react with fear, God was already on the other side of the situation? God brought her through that, and, and we have been so grateful. But you may be in a situation right now, or you may have experienced a situation before where the outcome wasn't good, where the outcome wasn't what you expected. Maybe it was a failed marriage, or maybe it was the loss of a child. Maybe it was something that financially devastated your family, or maybe it was something that emotionally destroyed what was peaceful in your home. It could be so many things that you have went through or are currently going through. But I think that it's important to realize that our belief in who God is can't be in the things working out the way that we think they should. That's a tough statement to say. But trusting and believing God enough to work out the way that He knows that they should. I wrote this down this morning on the way to church. It was probably not safe to be doing that while I was also driving to church. But I had this thought, and I wish I would have had it on the screen. But believing doesn't mean that you will see every prayer answered or that you'll even see a miracle. But not believing almost guarantees that you will never see either. 
Joshua and Caleb were aware that people say a lot of things. However, they knew what God says is what would stand. And eventually, they were given the land. The enemy will say a lot of things about you, but what God says is what will stand. If you choose not to live in fear, and you just choose to believe. In closing today, I want to ask you this question. Will you choose to put belief over fear? It's a choice to put belief above your fear. Well, you just don't know, Pastor Tommy, what I've been through. You don't know. My situation didn't work out the way that yours did. My family's destroyed. I'll never get my child back. I'll never be able to recover from what has happened to me. I'll never see all of these things happen. I've been in addiction my whole life, Pastor Tommy. People have given up on me. People have stopped believing on me. What do you say to that? What do you say whenever I'm lost in addiction? I say that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Well, Pastor Tommy, I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think people have told me my whole life that I'll never make it. I'll never amount to anything. People have said this, and I've bought into the lie. I see the lie. I feel the lie. I now say the lie. What do you say to that? I say before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew who you were, where you are, and where you can be as long as you will continue to trust Him. Well, Pastor Tommy, I'm sick. I don't know if I'm going to get well. I don't know what going to come of this. I don't know what to do. What do you say to that? I say that Isaiah 53 and 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. What I'm trying to tell you today is, is that it may be hard to believe, but it is almost impossible to receive unless you first believe. I want to know that we believe again, that we can remember again the goodness and the faithfulness of God, that we are challenged and encouraged not to live in fear but to live in all that God has for us if we just believe you can remain standing I want to challenge you today to believe again not to walk in fear the Bible says God does not give us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't know how your situation will end, but I know who's on the end of it. I know who's there. But wouldn't it be a shame to not believe? Wouldn't it be a shame to not believe? All over this room, if you would just bow your heads I'm going to ask you a very real question. If you say, you know, I'm, I'm one of those that right now I'm in a place of fear. Pastor Ethan has been in this series, Fear Not. Talking about what it takes to overcome fear. 
we can overcome it with belief. If you say, I've just been living in fear, I need to let that fear go. Would you just raise your hand? Fear's a very real thing. You can put your hands down for a moment. Now, maybe you raised your hand when I asked that question. Maybe you didn't, but this is where we have to make the change. If you're here today and you say, I know that without a doubt, I have to believe. Would you just raise your hand? I've got to believe again. I've got to trust God again. I've got to know that God is for me and not against me. Heavenly Father, right now, every person that's in this room, you see every hand that's went up. You see every fear that's been represented. I ask you today that when we leave, that we make a choice, that we have a mindset shift that says we will believe and not fear. I ask you, God, to encourage us to strengthen every person that's in the room. That whenever they go from this place, whatever their situation is, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a, a problem with, with children, maybe it's their child that's lost and they don't know if they're going to come back to the Lord, whatever it may be, when they leave here today, let them lay down fear and embrace belief to know that you are already on the other side of this thing that we are so afraid of. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'll just keep your head bowed for a moment. If you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, and I'm going to ask you if you would just be patient with us for a moment, just if you will, stay in your seat. If you don't know Jesus, maybe you've even been afraid of making that commitment to Jesus. And you say, today I need to know when I leave here that my life is right and that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Would you just raise your hand right now? It's okay to be bold. Just raise your hand. I see your hand. See your hands. See your hands. God bless you. I see your hands. Come on, Vibrant Church. Can we just put our hands together and just celebrate for a moment? Those that have chose to make that decision. The Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice over one we could just join in with them for a moment. We don't have to just patty cake it. Can we say thank you, God? Thank you, Lord, for people that are willing to believe. I want us all to pray this prayer together. If you raise your hand or just everyone in the room, let's just say this together. Dear Jesus, you see my life. You see my sin. I ask you to forgive me. I repent. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Help me from now on to honor you with my life. I believe today that I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on one more time. Can we put our hands together? At this time, our prayer team is coming to the front. As you leave today, you can feel free to give on your way out. But we want to take a moment. And always remind you that it's okay to pray. If you're here today, it does not matter the situation. It may not be fear. It may be something else totally different. Maybe you need to stand in for someone that isn't here today and pray for them. I'm going to pray this blessing. And after we pray this blessing, 
Those of you that want to be dismissed can be dismissed, but those of you who need time in prayer, I encourage you to come to the front and pray and trust God and believe again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show his favor and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you his peace. God bless you, Vibrant. Have a great week. We invite you to pray at this time.